I want to ask you to go ahead and open your Bibles up to the book of Philippians, and we will be there in here in just a little bit. I have a bit of an introduction, a lengthy introduction to our sermon, something that really and truly kind of uh, was spawned off the last three days of uh, scripture writing. And one of the first verses I want to look at tonight is going to be 1 Timothy in chapter 2. 1 Timothy in chapter 2. And uh, so once we finally get there on the screen, that's where we will be. 1 Timothy and chapter 2. And the Bible says there in verses 5 through 8, it says that there, for there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom to all, or for all, to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Father, we pray a special blessing upon the preaching and teaching of your word tonight. We simply ask you to touch our hearts and our minds, dear God, that we may hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. The Apostle Paul here makes very clear in 1 Timothy 2, verses 5 through 8, that there is only one God, there's only one mediator, there's one conduit, one go-between, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. If a man, woman, or child is going to be saved and born again tonight, if they're going to be reconciled unto the Father, which they've been separated as a result of sin, it's going to be by way of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. It is not going to be by way of of heritage, it's not going to be by way of works, it's not going to be by way of wisdom, it is going to be by way of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and we see here in verse 8 that he said that men pray everywhere. He goes, I will therefore that men pray everywhere. Then he says, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And there's usually two forms that you can lift up holy hands. Those holy hands, when he says holy hands, doesn't mean that you're sinless. It means that those hands, which is a picture of your works, are sanctified or set apart for a particular purpose. That your body, this temple of the Holy Spirit of God, has been set aside, uh, it has been sanctified for a particular purpose. If we are to lift up hands tonight in prayer, you can lift up and you can pray, you can lift up like this and you can pray all you want, amen, and there's nothing wrong with that. You can put your hands up in the air and praise God. And the reason I'm making this as a point here in the front end of the service, and the way I'm making it a point as an introduction point I want to get to this evening, is that we ought to praise the Lord for who and what He is. We should praise God for what He has done and what He's going to do and what He is doing. Amen. Beloved, we look at at, at what the Lord has done for us, and, and by all means, we should lift up holy hands. Philippians in chapter 1, verse 11 says, Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, under the glory and praise of God. Think about it, guys. We should praise the Lord for who He is. We should praise the Lord for what He is and for all He has and will do in our lives. But can I say this to you tonight? We're not the only ones that ought to praise the Lord. We're not the only ones that ought to be thankful to the Lord. Now, this may sound a little bit odd to you this evening, but and again, uh, within the last three days, Scripture writing, uh, I just believe that the, the Lord kind of tender and touched my heart about uh, the ingratitude of the world that we live in today. Uh, you look at those, those, uh, those markers, those signs of the end times, that when, the days when perilous times shall come, and that men shall be lovers of them own selves, right? 
If you're a lover of your own self, you know what that means? It means you're selfish. And you can see traits of people's selfishness just in their simple activities of daily living, such as the way they park or leaving the trolley out on in, in the, uh, the grocery store or par- a car park, right? Or walking by a, a, a bubblegum wrapper or something on the floor and somebody else would do it. That's the world we live in today. It's one of the reasons I brought up a couple of weeks ago that, by the way, if you see a, 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 a trash bin here, you don't have to ask me permission to empty it. Amen. If it's full, don't just keep putting napkins in that. Go empty the thing, man. You know what I'm saying? It's not that hard. You know, you see what I'm saying? But we're not the only ones today. When I say we, I mean say born-again, blood-bought people who should be thankful to God. Not only us, but you listen, the Sermon of the Mount, the Lord said this in the Sermon of the Mount. I understand the Sermon of the Mount is directed toward the millennial kingdom, but, but notice here out of practicality what he says in Matthew 5, 45. That ye may be the children of your Father, <coughs> which is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. You know what a rain is a picture of? Rain's a picture of blessings. Former rain, the rain, the latter rain, and all that. And you say, well, preacher, my goodness, rain destroys a lot of things. Yes, it does, but I'll tell you what. If you don't have rain, you're not going to have food. Amen? And so when the Lord says, and he, maketh, he sendeth rain on the just and the unjust, that means saved and lost, people in this world today, they are reaping the benefits of an almighty God just in existence. This is where the thought came from, Psalm 145. The psalmist pen in Psalm 145.9 says, The Lord is good to all. I mean, I thought about that. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies over all his works. Verse 16 says, Thou openest thine hand and satisfieth the desire, watch this, of every living thing. The world, saved and lost, sinner and saint, justified and unjustified, Reap the benefits from a loving, all-powerful God, the one who created all things and whom all things consist. Uh, Listen, the lost neighbor who mocks Jesus Christ benefits from the very oxygen that God provides. Amen? That lost family member that you have that that will go out and get totally tipsy drunk and uh, make uh, blasphemous um, remarks about the Lord Jesus Christ reaps the benefits from the job that he has allowed by him. The food that is provided at every table in this world today is coming from the goodness of God Almighty. Amen? Businesses across the globe, unbeknownst to the owners, have blessings within the organization simply because a believer in Christ is within that camp praying daily for God's hand upon them. Much like Joseph in Potiphar's house, then imprisoned, and then in all Egypt. God's hand was, and without recognition, you understand. And you sit here and you say, well, preacher, hang on a second. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that the, that the world is as blessed as we are? No, I didn't say that. I just said they reap the benefits of a, a merciful and a just God just by existing. Now, there's another psalm in that same chapter. Psalm 145 and verse 18, it says this, The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in 
true. That's where the, the ball bounces to a different beat. Yes, there is a difference between your lost neighbor today who denies Jesus Christ, who may even and use his name as a swear word, okay? And you tonight who have called out on Jesus Christ in truth. Yes, there's a difference. He's nigh unto you. But it sure enough doesn't mean that the people of this world today are reaping the benefits. They're reaping blessings just by being in God's earth as he reaches down and blesses this land. So that's your introduction this evening into where I want to get tonight. Because, my friend, we live in a world today not so different sometimes than Paul's day. But we live in a world today where people have no quorum whatsoever in mocking out our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They also don't have a problem in reaping the benefits that he provides every single day. Philippians in chapter 2 tonight. Philippians in chapter 2. Now everything that has already been said, I want you to lock away in your brain. I want you to lock it away in your mind. I want you to keep a fresh thought on that this evening as we begin to break down a few verses in our text this evening. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11, primarily 9 through 11. In verse 5, Paul says here, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and it was made in the likeness of men. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The Apostle Paul here begins in our opening verses exhorting us as Christians to let, he says in verse 5, let. That word let means to allow, to permit, to give way, or to yield. Uh, he wants us to yield, to allow, to let ourselves to have the same mind that Jesus Christ had on this earth, which was the mind of a servant, the mind of humility, the mind of labor, willing to sacrifice and serve the living Savior today. That's the mind we are to have. And yet this is the one that we're going to serve, whose name is exalted above all names. In verse 8, we find that he humbled himself. In verse 7, we find that he took upon him the form of a servant. So what happened, guys, is Jesus Christ took seven steps down from the third heaven in order to come and pay for the sins of mankind. We find, number one, that he made himself of no reputation. We find, number two, that he took on the form of a servant. We find, number three, that he took on the likeness of man. Number four, uh, uh, he was found in the fashion as a man. Number five, he humbled himself. Number six, he became obedient. And then number seven, he was obedient unto the death of the cross. Seven downward steps. From the throne of eternity out of the third heaven down to this earth in order to fulfill the duty that Jesus Christ needed to do. Now I want you to keep in mind, Paul is writing this letter, the book of Philippians, in AD 62 from a Roman prison house. Ten years after he had planted the church in AD 52. 
And yet four years prior to this letter, Paul writes, he writes this letter, and this is what we're trying to look at tonight. We are looking at the name of Jesus. This is what Paul is emphasizing. I mean, you can almost say that he is, when he gives us the exhortation to have the same mind as Jesus Christ, he's, that's almost his introduction to get us to that point of where that name of Jesus Christ is exalted. He gives us those seven downward steps that Jesus took in order to get to that position. And we'll see a few more here that he took to be lifted from that position. But in AD 52, Paul planted this church. AD 62, he writes back unto them. Four years prior to that, in AD 58, from Corinth, Paul writes this letter to the Roman Christians and by proxy to us as well. And this is what he says. He addresses the judging of our brothers, giving reference about the judgment seat of Christ. Romans 14, 10 through 12 tells us, But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Again, the judgment seat of Christ is directly, solely for the Christian. Those who are saved and born again in the, and in the church age, amen? But Paul in Romans 14 is referencing an Old Testament prophecy, if you will, from Isaiah 45. This is what he references, Isaiah 45, verse 22. He says, look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. So the pattern is easy to see, is it not? From the Old Testament to A.D. 58 to A.D. 62. The pattern is easy to see within these verses. The me, the myself, the God, the my mouth of Isaiah 45 is the same of, of Romans chapter 14, who we see to be Jesus Christ in Philippians chapter 2. All God, all Jesus, and everyone, and every knee and every tongue, bowing and confessing that Jesus is Lord. So again, I said that Jesus took seven steps downward to come and fulfill his duty. So just as he took seven steps downward, he also takes seven steps up. You can go back to Philippians in chapter 2. And we see that not only in Philippians chapter 2 did we see the seven downward steps, but now we see the seven upward steps. And he is, number one, highly exalted. He's given a name above every name. He's given universal dominion. Number four, he's over everything in heaven. Number five, he is over everything on earth. Number six, he is over everything under the earth. And number seven, he is given absolute teetotal, pure, 100% lordship. Now, before you think this is a lordship salvation, this is not a sermon about lordship salvation. It is not. It is the lordship of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, beloved, there are those in this world today mocking out Jesus Christ, making fun of his sacrifice, blatantly blaspheming what he did for mankind. 
saying things such as Jesus died for your sins. Well, that sounds like his problem. A little ditty we read the other day. Beloved, let me make it abundantly clear tonight. You can make fun of Jesus. You can mock out his word. You can refuse to bow in this life. As a matter of fact, you don't have to bow to Jesus today. You don't have to make him your king. You don't have to make him your Lord. You don't have to make him anything in your life today. But you will one day. And you will anyway. We're going to see tonight quickly the simple ABCs of the passages that we're looking at. You know, first God has given him a name above all names. The name Jesus. What is this name? Guys, the name is the power of attorney, if you will. That name of Jesus Christ is the power of attorney. Uh, um, attorney. <coughs> we see that in several verses. Matthew one twenty one. We see it in Matthew 18.20. Matthew 9.29. We see it in Hebrews 13.15. Mark 9.41. And I know I'm saying these quicker than you can probably write them down. But the name of Jesus Christ is the power of, etern- of attorney in the eternity of your soul tonight. Write down Ephesians 6.10. Romans 15.9. In 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5. That's how powerful his name is. It is the power of attorney. The name of Jesus is the name of all names. It is more imperial than Caesar. It is more eloquent than Cicero, more musical than Beethoven. It's a beautiful name. It is an easy name. Guys, the name of Jesus is whispered, by children at bedtime. It's, it's, it's called out in the darkness of hospital rooms and A&Es across the globe. It's murmured under gunfire on the battlefields. That's the name of Jesus. It's sounded forth publicly from the pulpit by every true Bible-believing preaching man left in the world today. And I emphasize every word. It's called upon tearfully by the sinful soul who escapes the pollutions of this world at a prayer altar who came to taste and to see that it is good. Romans 10, 13. No other name falls so sweetly on the years than the blessed name of him who bore my shame, the matchless name of Jesus. Lost men and women can say God very easily. That's why the governments don't mind you praying in the name of God, because God can be anyone to the world. A lost man or woman can say the name of God easily, uh, and some uh, more bolder people can even say Christ, if you will. But the only way to say Jesus, if you're lost, is to use it as a swear word. Just like thousands of priests do in their little asp every single day. They refer to him as a, they refer to Jesus as an earthly man who lived in Palestine, or a good man, or a prophet. You see, Paul applies the human name Jesus to the risen Lord. There's a difference. You see, guys, the devil is a god. He's the god of this world, according to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 
We heard a couple weeks ago that uh, the devil is also a Christ, isn't he? He's the anointed cherub. A Christ means anointed one. He's a Christ, Ezekiel 28, 14. But he's not the Lord's Christ, as we read about in Acts chapter 4, verse 26. The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Amen. He's not the Jesus. He's not Jesus. Because there's only one of them. Jesus, the one Lord, whose name is Jesus, is the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first word that we're going to find in the first part of the ABCs of the passages we're looking at tonight is the first thing that we're going to see is we're going to see the word at. You say, preacher, why is that so important? You'll see that in a minute. Verse 10 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall. You see, the translators of the critical texts who have altered at to the word in on the basis of the Greek, they simply lied to you. It can be translated either way, but again, the translators of the AV here have far and away the best choice in utilizing the right word. You say, well, why is that? That's because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, shall bow. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Guys, no unsaved man or woman, or demon for that matter, ever are seen bending the knee, wrist, arm, finger, whatever it is, in the name of Jesus. You see, the privilege of praying or bowing in the name of Jesus is strictly for the saved individual. John 14, 14 tells us, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. There's the difference in the passage. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, saved or lost. But in the name of Jesus, only the believer can ask. At the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess. That word confess means agree with. So verses 10 and 11 again says that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The verse is referring to a future date recorded in Revelation 20. Verses 10 and 11 of our text mean exactly what they say, and they should be taken 100% literal in spite of the Bible haters, the Jesus mockers, and the scriptural correctors out there in the world today. Let's face the text head on this evening. Let's look at it like we should. You see, someday, <coughs> after the heaven and the earth have melted with fervent heat, we see that in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, and the dead are left in open space that we read about in Revelation 20, verses 12 through 15. When they're out there hanging, that death and hell has given up their dead, and, and, and we find that, that, that these, the dead are left standing in open space, according to Revelation 20, verses 12 through 15, with nothing to hold their bodies up but the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 1, 3 says, Who be in the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the Word of His power. When He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. 
those souls that are pulled up after the, the elements melt with a fervent heat, after we find that, uh, that the dead are, are brought up into open space preparing to be judged, they're held there by nothing but the Word of God. When the records are open that we read about in Daniel 7, verse 10, when the little one, which is the Antichrist, is judged that we read about in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 11, and then we find the dragon shall reap his reward as well that we see in, uh, in um, Revelation chapter 20 and in verse 10. The Bible tells us there, And the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. We talked about the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow, and every tongue should confess. See, guys, when the curtain has fallen, when the band has ceased to play, the final review of the lives and thoughts and motives and speech and works of tens of billions of souls has drawn to a close. The examining that you read about in Job 26 the cross-examination that we know in, of uh, Psalms 51 and verse 4, as well as in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, that most people miss. God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy saying, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. There's a cross-examination as well. When the mouths are stopped, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 19, now we know that the what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth uh, may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Despite what these souls were taught, and in spite of what they believed, no excuses on this day will stand. At this moment, there will be no skeptics, there will be no atheists, there will be no humanists. Everyone by this particular time in God's eyes are believers. They're standing on the rim of the lake of fire, 3,000 times larger than any sun. What do actors do at the close of a play? What do they do when they come out and the curtains drop? They all come, they take hands, or they interject arms, what do they do? They take a bow when it's all over. You see, my friend, there's plenty of room. And no matter who they all were in this life, in spite of promotion, power, and prestige that this world has to offer, or even poor and problematic and put away, all souls are equal on this day. They will all bow on bended knee. And from the throne of God, the name of all names is proclaimed. Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, Jeffrey Dahmer, Nero, Darwin, Karl Marx, Muhammad, every pope, priest, and cardinal, vicar, pervert, pantheist, Unitarian, spiritualist, mystic, polytheist, you name it. They're going to bow on the knee in unison and cry out, Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess. 
Yeah, they're believers now. But this confession is just a little too late. We have the warning, Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9 tells us, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear a second time without sin unto salvation. So here's the idea. You bow now, or you bow then. You confess now, or you confess then. One way or another, you are going to confess. And one way or another, in spite of what mockings you may have in this world today, you will bow the knee and cry out, Jesus Christ is Lord. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, the Bible tells me. You will bow and you will confess. You will do it to the glory of of God the Father, who gave the preeminence in all things, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 1, 15 through 19. That's what's going to happen, my friend. The only difference is this. If you bow now, you got eternal life on the other end. If you bow then, you got eternal damnation. Choice is yours. Choice is yours. At least for a few moments, it's yours. I don't understand a world today that denies who Jesus Christ is, who refuses that he was the Savior of mankind, the God of this earth, the God of all creation, that refuses to acknowledge him as the Son of God, Resurrected unto life, newness of life, that is. And yet still in their indignity have the audacity to blaspheme him in this world. What's the point? You see, beloved, here's the point. You don't mock out people who aren't real. You don't mock out mock them. You don't mock out things that are fake. And you don't try to copy things that are fake. You only try to duplicate and emulate things that are real. And we have a world today, guys, who are trying to become their own saviors, thinking they can save themselves from the sin and the worry of this world today. And it's going to be all to their own personal demise. So again, I say this in closing. You either bow now or you bow then. You either confess now or you confess then. One has the end in eternity in heaven. The other has the end eternity in damnation. But the choice tonight is yours. The choice to this world tonight is theirs. The choice to your friends, your family members of whom you're going to speak to tomorrow, it's going to be their choice. And we ought to be steadfast in giving them the opportunity to receive or reject. At the name of Jesus, let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity tonight. I thank you for the, the thought and the message that you've given us. I ask of you, Lord, to please move in a mighty way. Touch and tender our hearts and our lives, Lord, make a difference in, in souls, dear Lord. I pray that you would just give us the opportunity not only to see people saved and born again, 
Please give us the opportunity, Lord, to be that witness of the glorious life of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray that if anyone would pick up this message one way or another, be it online or be it anywhere it may be, be it live or later on in time, if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, truly and faithfully, I pray, dear God, that you would use this message and your precious word and the moving of the Holy Spirit to convict them to bow now, confess today, that they may be eternally saved and born again of the precious blood of Jesus Christ, in whose name we ask all of these things tonight. Amen and amen. Well, I do hope and pray that the preaching and teaching of the word of God is a blessing to your heart and your mind tonight.